Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here with you on the Stretch Drive. Happy Friday. Happy 1st of October, by the way. Holy smokes. Did September ever fly by? There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Vehicles right now are in very short supply, but Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin want you to know they do have a full-size Bronco in stock. If you call out, one of the guys would do up a nice video for you to check out. But even better, go down and stop in at Brent Ridge and see them for yourself. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. I know they hook our guy Bob up. I know they hook our guy Cam Moon up. Excellent stuff there. Hey, WHL hockey in our city tonight, and really not just any WHL hockey or even CHL hockey. You got the best team in the entire nation as far as the preseason rankings in the CHL go. Excited to have them back on home ice. Excited that you can actually attend. So what's it going to look like tonight when you head down to Rogers Place for the first time in a long time for Oil Kings action? Well, let's find out from Director of Business Operations, Daniel Troiani. Daniel, welcome back to Oilers Now. How's it going today? I'm doing well, Brendan. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. It's got to be an exciting day for you and, and for the organization, just giving everything that the last 18, 19 so months have presented. And tonight you guys get to welcome fans back into the building. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it's thrilling to be able to bring hockey back and, uh, you know, get back to on, on the path of normalcy. Um, yeah, we're excited. Obviously, I know you mentioned we have a really good hockey team and, and it'll be a great product on and off the ice this year. And and has been really for the last, you know, two or three years as far as the team and the on-ice product that could have been. And, and so we'll get to see it in the flesh. When you do, there's some changes that we should talk about as well. And this is the first year where tickets themselves are going to be fully mobile. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So all the tickets are going to be run through uh, our app system on the Rogers Place app on account manager. Uh, it's just an added level of convenience. We know that, uh, you know, with change always comes some potential growing pains, but we know we'll get there. We have a, a versatile, technologically savvy fan base. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll roll it out and make sure that people have a smooth entry into the building every night. And that's not unlike anything that would go on around other, you know, major junior hockey or even exactly. in the NHL level, right? Yeah, it's becoming uh, the norm in in in, uh, in the business, really. And I think the NFL, in fact, has adopted a completely mobile ticketing system. So yeah, we'll 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 get through it. We know again with change, we'll we'll come uh, you know some questions along the way. But we've got a we've got a really good team. So you know we're excited. We have good relationships with our fans, and we'll get them into the building as quickly and efficiently as possible. And 
uh, drop the puck for what should be a very exciting hockey season. Any additional supports in place just in case there are sort of, you know, whether it be from the ticketing or the COVID screening or anything like that, just what can fans expect tonight in terms of, you know, staffing and, and that sort of thing when they get into Fort Hall and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, what will they see? The, the first thing you're going to see are uh, some really big signs where we're going to be doing our either vaccination checks or, um, you know, an opportunity for a fan who's unvaccinated to prove a, uh, a negative COVID test. Um, so once you get through that part of the line, uh, then really from that point forward, you'll you'll walk into the gates, you'll scan your ticket. We have also adopted a no-bag policy, so encourage anyone who hasn't had a chance to see it to go check it out at rogersplays.com. It's also available on our website uh, just in terms of what is permitted and what is not permitted into the building. Uh, but really, aside from, you know, the vaccination checks, we're really trying to bring as, as much of a, a, you know, a new normal experience uh, throughout the season. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun and, and we'll, we'll make our adjustments as we go forward as well. It's new for us, just like it is for the fans, but uh, we're confident that we have a really good plan in place that people will get in smoothly and, and effectively. Daniel Troiani is the Director of Business Operations for the Edmonton Oil Kings who welcome the Red Deer Rebels to Rogers Place tonight. Now, we know the relationship with the fans in this team, uh, Daniel, as far as like the special jerseys and those promotional nights go. I, I saw the full calendar released, but what are some of the highlights of that for you? Um, it, it's always anchored by our most pinnacle game, uh, the teddy bear toss uh, that's coming up on December the 4th against Moose Jaws. So we'll have a really cool uh, jersey. We'll unveil that at an appropriate time. A lot of our promotional games are, are similar to the ones that we've used in the past. Our cartoon night was a huge success for us a couple of years ago. It feels like it, we always say last season around the office, but in fact, it's, uh, it was obviously two years ago. Uh, but that was a huge success for us. Our United Against Cancer, uh, you know, rolling into the new year. Where uh, you know our fan appreciation night, our team awards, even hockey hooky is a huge one for uh, for students. I'm in fact in school right now. I'm playing hooky on one of my classes right now. So uh, you know I'm gonna have to send my professor a podcast because in case he calls me out on this. But um, yeah, we're excited. We have a really good promo schedule and, and some exciting things that will happen for fans off the ice, and really do our best to maintain as much a level of engagement as we go through the season. It, it's something special about junior hockey and the way that fans interact with the product. And, and you know, I'm, I'm curious if you can speak to that at all. Just you, what you've noticed personally, I'm sure you've been around the sports industry for quite a while, but for me, WHL hockey and the way that, you know, the players seem to have that genuine connection with those who are watching them. It's it's special, isn't it? And to, to have that reignited tonight, especially. It is. And, and um, you know, Major junior hockey, it, it brings a little bit more of an intimate experience for, for fans with the players. Um, you know, there's, there's always been different levels of accessibility with, with junior hockey and allowing our players to have a, uh, more engagement with fans. Of course, this year, some, some parts of that are a little bit different given WHL protocols um, and doing our best to protect the players and, and uh, you know, their health as we go through the season uh, to not have any disruptions, hopefully. But, uh, you know, yeah, as you said, Brendan, genuinely we try our best to maintain that level of engagement. Our players are even going to be participating in reading week virtually. Um, and, you know, contrary to, to you know, some, some opinions out there, our players actually approach us very often for community initiatives. They, they really try hard to build their own personal brands using the Oil Kings, and, and we do our best to facilitate that. Um, so, you know, we're... we're we're confident that we're going to be able to maintain a strong level of engagement relative to the, to the times. Uh, but, you know, as we continue to press forward, we'll, we'll get back to exactly where we were. And uh, we know we have the best fans in the league. They come out and support us. 
each and every game, whether it's, uh, you know, Tuesday night or Saturday night, our biggest and, you know, not the biggest games of the year. But, um, you know, and this year we're also excited not only what we can do off the ice within the community, but, again, we have a really strong hockey team. As you said, we're ranked number one in the country. So, that uh, you know, that that's always an added bonus for us on the business side. And I wanted to ask you about that next, Ashley. I'm glad you brought that up. Does it allow you for any additional promotional stuff? I mean, you're going to be able to run that any given year. But when you have a team, the caliber, at least on paper, of this Oil Kings team this year in particular, what does that open up for you on the business side? Or is it just more engagement with stuff that you would have been doing anyway? Uh, there's certainly an increased level of engagement, but it, you can really leverage you know, the the stardom of some of these young players. I mean, to have two players last year drafted in the top 15 of the NHL entry draft and previous year and Jake Neighbors in the first round, but it's not even just our first round picks. Uh, you know, we've had players picked everywhere from, you know, rounds one through seven. Um, and, and that really allows us to grow a team and a culture that we know will translate to excitement on and off the ice. And then it develops a little bit of cachet with the fan base, uh, you know, and as we progress through the season, hopefully some, restrictions get lifted and, and we can you know get this right uh, you know we're, we're really hoping that as we get down the final stretch of the season that we'll continue to increase that uh you know the presence in the arena and and cheer these boys on to what should be a very long hockey season and when we do as we wrap up here with daniel troiani from the edmonton oil kings uh the the black and green alternate style of the jerseys that as i understand it has been retired can you take us into the the decision there and and why we'll be seeing the traditional look all year yeah absolutely so we we have retired the look it was uh you know a conversation that we had during the uh, the pandemic with uh i mean we're still in the middle of the pandemic i suppose but uh you know in the midst of it especially last season uh and you know due to some supply chain issues but also philosophically we you know we wanted to go in a bit of a new direction so for this year we're going to have our, our crown jerseys uh you know one of the most beautiful jerseys in north america especially in junior hockey agreed we'll, we'll be rolling that out we'll have our specialty jerseys um you know I, I won't describe too much of it but we will have a new look and feel uh, for an alternate jersey heading into the 22-23 season. Uh, in due time, that will be unveiled, and, and we're super excited about that. Uh, we know our players are going to be thrilled to see it as well, and, and we know it will resonate with our fans. Most importantly, it'll it'll have a real nice pop on the ice. So it's, it's just a transition, and, and that's one of the best parts of, uh, you know, personally being able to be a member here in, in this company is, we have the support mechanisms in place to to pivot, and um, you know we're excited for what that new look's gonna gonna bring to the city. As am I, and looking forward to the on ice product, which begins tonight. Daniel, thank you so much for taking some time to set the table on this Oil King season from the business side. Absolutely. Thanks, Brandon. Take care. Good luck, Daniel. That is Daniel Troiani from the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's their director of business operations. Again, the Red Deer Rebels are in town this evening at Rogers Place. Your tickets, they're virtual. The 50-50, that's virtual now. So these are things, just bring your mobile device. If you don't have one, there should be there uh, people there to help you. But uh, in reality... This is kind of a next step towards what the new normal for sports and concerts and that sort of stuff is is likely to be moving forward, right? 
So one of the most exciting things about the Oil Kings, this is more on a player standpoint, is just watching Sebastian Kosa. Because I saw him play in that rookie tournament with the Wings, and he looks like he's faster than ever. I mean, this kid just keeps getting better. And I got to see him, you know, playing throughout Fort Saskatchewan and stuff, growing up there through the AAA ranks. And wow, he is, yeah, I mean, he's obviously the best goalie in the Western League, but he just keeps getting better. Well, they're saying he's going to be the best goalie out of Canadian hockey in a decade. You know, a decade and a half, decade plus anyway. And and to me, it's the combination of the size and athleticism, right? Like, hey, I watched Ilya Konovalov in, in both of the games that he played for the Oilers and at five foot 10 or 11 or what have you. I mean, he was... He, he made saves and he had to be very athletic in order to get across and make those saves. And then when you put a six foot five or six or or seven, six foot seven frame on that kind of athleticism, well, now you've got a, a franchise stalwart goaltender. And as devastating as it was to anybody who had eyes on him for the Oilers to see the Red Wings climb up and take him there, couldn't have been that much of a surprise to see him go that high. Well, no, I think everyone's kind of realizing now why he did go ahead of Wallstadt. And from the Oilers' perspective, it's interesting to see Rodriguez get the call tonight to back up. I'm not sure if this is something of, hey, we've really liked you during these skates. We're going to get you, you know, at least in a game possibly, or at least in the atmosphere. Or are they saying, hey, maybe you are going to push for a preseason start coming up here? I've got to check if he's, he's not going back to junior, Rodriguez, is he? He's not 20. He's 21 now, I think. Yeah, you're correct. I'm pretty sure of that. So so what does what your minor league goaltending situation look like? Right? It's got to be Konovalov and Skinner, at least as it's penciled in right now. Well, and with the addition of you're likely going to want a third goalie this year, does this mean they go after someone? Do they rotate Skinner and Konovalov in that third slot? Is Rod Rigg going to be your you know second, third guy in Bakersfield? I just look at all three of those and think that at best, or or sorry, at worst, you need a split. You need a 50-50 split. So I would only really be willing to put two of them in that situation in Bakersfield because I want Rodrigue taking 60% of the starts somewhere else. Or if he's playing in the East Coast League, you'd better be taking 70% of those starts and just start seeing which one of these guys is going to be the future of goaltending for you if that's you know ultimately what's going to happen. The team did not take Jesper Wallstadt. And the more that I sit and think about that, in that draft possession that they could have if they didn't trade back with Minnesota, right, end up taking the one of the top two goaltending prospects. But I don't get the sense that the timeline of that goaltender's development would have matched where this team is is going to sort of crescendo in their cycle, if you will. The Oilers are going to be good very shortly here, and I don't think that drafting a 19-year-old goaltender, an 18-year-old goaltender, and then trying to either make him rush and so he's ready by 21 or 20, so that it fits your Stanley Cup schedule. I don't think that was the right move. So I understand why they didn't go with Wallstead, but you also need to have some internal options here. From a scout's perspective, you also have to consider where's his ceiling? Where's Wallstead's ceiling? Is it as high as Konovalov even? Is it as high as Stuart Skinner? You know, how, as you say, how far out is he? But also, one year down the road in five years, is he going to have the pedigree or the potential that Stuart Skinner and Ilya Konovalov do? I'm not convinced. And obviously, neither were the Oilers organization, you know. They didn't want to take the project on of developing him, even as a trade chip for down the road. They saw a better investment in Xavier Borgo, who has since been returned to Shawinigan earlier this week, so you won't see him outside of the queue this year. But 
you know, bottom line is the way that I'm seeing them allocate their top draft talent now that they have everything else set in place. Borgo, for me, um, I don't want to discredit the player. I think he's actually looked half decent in the offensive side of things, but he's a player you could also conceivably afford to let go somewhere down the line this season if it was going to fetch you a decent return in net, say Jonas Corposalo or one of the names that we've heard floated or talked about over the last long while, right? For now, hey, Mike Smith still looks pretty darn good. And I know <laughs> you still can't, even in exhibition, Cody, we're sitting there, Cam and I are, and just watching the way that he's knocking down pucks behind the net and sit like your defenseman doesn't have to go into the corner. He sets up on the half wall and... Stuart Skinner doesn't provide you that luxury. No, I mean, Mike Smith's <laughs> battle factor is unmatched, and that's why he's had such a long career, right? From the other's perspective, though, and maybe you got a thought here, is do they go after a third goalie? Do they go after, obviously, with Stalock, unlikely to play this season? Do you try, I guess, Tokarski's under contract still, but, you know, just, just someone like that, some experience, someone who is willing to stick around, not play in the minors, and be that third guy, be that practice guy, and that safety net in case something does happen. Yeah, it's not Staylock this year, but we did see how active the waiver wire was goaltending-wise last year, so... I suspect there's going to be a team like Dallas who has something shake-free for sure, if there's anything there that the Oilers even want, right? This isn't necessarily a need, but as far as off-season storylines go that could become a need, because they addressed everything else, this is what kind of we're left talking about, right? Even the depth up front, as we've glazed over over the course of this show, you know, regardless of who ends up winning the spots on that fourth line, they're better off this year than they were with Nygaard and Gaetan Haas trying to piecemeal together some sort of production. So it's, you know. I think one of the pieces I really was looking forward to watching this year would have been Dylan Holloway, right? You would have loved to see him get some preseason games and obviously get healthy. That's That's got to be number one. But he was definitely one of the players who I, I really wanted to watch this this fall. Yeah, and, and you know what? It might not set his development back all that much. I suspect it won't. It's just frustrating that the can got kicked down the road a little bit in that sense. But Kyler Yamamoto, I believe, had a similar circumstance a few years back, two or three years back when he had that wrist issue that just wouldn't quite heal. So you want to be certain. You, you will, At this point, because it's been the second surgery, you know, you, you're not sacrificing any more time at this point. Just let him heal up and get ready and play half of the season in the American League because he looked pretty darn good in, in NCAA Div 1 anyway. Yeah, you got to be in health is definitely number one. And from an Oilers perspective, especially with them bringing in these depth forwards, they're saying, hey, there's a 1% chance he actually plays in the big league all season. So we might as well have him healthy, have him down on the minors, get his confidence up, get that feel for professional hockey and develop that way. Yeah, this is a day, by the way, where a lot of players are starting to hit the waiver wire. So bigger names. I saw Joe Hicketts out there. Bigger names. OK, let's not let's not preface that. But uh, no, Jules out there you know like Alex uh, Leon as as a goaltender there's a bunch of names that could well be claimed the others do have a couple roster spots but they've got guys here on PTOs so don't expect too much movement on that front until things start the dust starts to settle a little bit later about a week week and a half from now and the waiver dates actually come into effect 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's take one last break here on Oilers Now. We've almost made it through the show. It's Friday. We'll come back to wrap it up after this. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. 54 in Edmonton. Uh, Daniel Troiani from the Oil Kings was our headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Might just be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And I'll tell you what, it's the weekend, so I might head on home and dial up myself a royal pizza. Because it's pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated over 50 years now. They've got 14 Edmonton and area locations. Head online to Royal royalpizza.ca or download the down yeah download the royal pizza app from the app store hello let's head to this day in oilers history Cody, you had a much better one than I did, so go ahead. Well, I figured we can go back to 1999. Great year, the Oilers. Well, they sent Wayne Gretzky's number 99 to the rafters. Pretty big day. Pretty significant day. Kevin Lowe's number four will go to the rafters on November 5th. That's why you'll see Chris Russell wearing number six this season when he does draw in for the Edmonton Oilers. Would love to tell you that we'll see Adam Larson tonight for the Seattle Kraken in their home game. Uh, They don't have their lines released tonight. They didn't skate today it was an optional so we can only tell you that Grubauer's in for the first two periods yeah that's that was the only thing I saw and I think McCann's line stays the same something Haxtell said yeah exactly that was it that was from Ryan S. Clark of The Athletic on Twitter that's how you follow for Kraken updates if you'd like uh, we'll be sure to you know keep in touch with our regular Kraken voices Andy I'd love hear, hearing from him on the team outs of uh, NHL.com in Seattle but uh, for now For now, we're out of time on today's show, my friend. (laughs) It is a game day. It's the front half of back-to-back. By the way, what better way to ring in the weekend? you got 8 o'clock puck drop tonight from the Pacific Northwest. Jack and Bob on the call. Oilers cracking. Then tomorrow, an early one. 3.30 and 5 here on 6.30. Chad Cam Moon and Bob Stauffer have the call of the Oilers and Winnipeg Jets. The preseason rolling along. Five more to go. We'll take care of two of them before we chat next. Bob's back on Monday. We'll review everything that happened. But uh, before that, Oilers, Jets, Oilers cracking. Hope you tune in. Up next, we've got uh, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then 6.30, Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. My name is Brendan Escott. For Cody Jansen, we're saying so long. From the 6.30, Chad Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.